0: Hey humans, it's, it's your, your girl, girl Chocolate Thunder, coming at, at you with a long-awaited awaited episode of, of Summaries, with, Summaries with, Jack. with Jack. Welcome. Okay, so this episode is called Summaries of a New Chapter summaries of a new chapter and i just want to talk to you guys about what's been going on um there's a lot of awesome people in my life and a lot of nosy people in my life and i've had to really um understand boundaries boundaries that i set a long time ago that people still feel like they can um they can avoid, they can come into my life and do things because I accepted it in the past. Now, speaking of chapters, this one that I'm currently in is very new. And there are a lot of surprises in this chapter that uh, I guess surprises from the last chapter that allowed me to get into this chapter. And if you've listened to other episodes, you can hear me mention different things that were happening to me. But I didn't understand any of it. And I'm going to explain it today if I can. Now this may be a long podcast episode. um, So feel free to fast forward or just tune in and sit back and relax because there's a lot I want to say. So for starters, I was in the hospital uh, for like a month. And most of that time until like the very last, maybe three days, I was in a wheelchair. I had no ability to walk. My ability to walk was gone. And how I got there was pretty much while I was recording my last episode with my boy DeMariel, that was like the beginning of my symptoms. Well, no, my the symptoms for me began Father's Day. Which, shout out to my father, um, but he had, he had like a mini, um, like we kind of had similar um, numbness. We both went numb, but his like went numb and then he came back. Mine has been numb ever since and I'm numb in both of my hands. And it made me sad because I was like, how am I going to get dressed? How am I going to cook? How am I going to do my hair? Because I went natural like in 2018 right after I quit teaching and in 2018 I was in a musical at Zilker Park and uh, while I was there we were on like a break and then out of nowhere boom my legs went numb from my waist down to my feet I was numb in my legs and I thought oh maybe it's a pinched nerve like maybe I you know we wore corsets in that place so I was like uh maybe you know it's my corset or my waist trainer maybe it's too tight like I should chill and wearing those um and I told the guy that I was dating at the time what had happened and he laughed at me he thought it was hilarious and I was like uh it's not funny but okay and uh that was one of my first symptoms another one was shortly um shortly before i met him i was dating another guy we were in the showmans together and right when we broke up i went to buy like food at like the dollar general which is not a good idea for anybody anyway but i went to the dollar tree and uh i bought some food and uh i I cooked it and so when i was eating it i got sick like like i thought it was food poisoning and um I didn't think it was food poisoning it was weird but I didn't know what else it could be and I was so sad because I had spent so much money on this guy and like you know I bought him weed all the time cooked him food all the time like I was just giving you know and not getting much back in return. So when I got sick, I was like, what the heck, you know? And then I lost my ability to write. Like I could not write. My handwriting was like gone. And I remember because I had to go to like a teacher training like for region 13. And I remember being so embarrassed to write because I was like, my handwriting's gone. And I told one of my teachers and he no longer works there. But he was like laughing like, man, what? Because I was like, I don't know if food poisoning causes dysgraphia or anything. But like, I did not even know what dysgraphia was. But I was like Googling stuff, you know, and I couldn't figure out what it was. Um, So this most recent time for me, I was. um, So those are my first two like signs that I didn't know what it was. And I had gone to the endocrinologist and she that's when I found out that I was like, gluten intolerant and I need to like my thyroids were cool but like just to check you know and she was like you don't have nerve damage like it's not your nerves um, but I want you to like focus on losing weight and uh, that kind of began my keto diet like she wanted me to be 10 pounds lighter and then she came told me to come back and we drew so much blood and it wasn't diabetes so I was like what the heck you know so when I went numb this time I went numb uh in my hands and I went to like five doctors maybe and they literally verbatim all told me sorry we can't help you like go home literally no doctors helped me until I went um to this chiropractor and shout out to them um because the doctor I was talking to her and she was asking me questions and the thing she was asking me was like um she was just telling me like squeeze my hands like I want to see how strong you are like have you fallen any time and I'm like yeah I've fallen a few times but like randomly and I don't really know why and I worked at a preschool at the time a private preschool and I had only been there for like maybe a month and I got that job because I was like I don't want to keep living on unemployment you know it's like a pandemic and it was cool you know but the job that I had that got me um, on unemployment, like they've been, they've been hit hard by this pandemic. And that was such a cool school. It was, um, a half a day school. And I really loved the people that I worked with and we all were doing keto at the same time. So it was cool. But when that pandemic hit us, we all got hit. And so we all like got on unemployment, most of us. And then she was like, Hey guys, if you're getting on unemployment or whatever, like don't claim the money because I'm about to send you a check. And she sent us two couple of checks. And so I was cool and I didn't get back on it because I was like, for safety reasons, I was like, let me chill. And then I worked at this job. And while I was there, I would fall and the kids were like, oh, Miss Michelle, you're so silly. Like, you're always falling. And I was like, I'm not trying to be silly. Like, I don't know why I fell, you know and it would be so random and they would be like hey it's your lesson planning time and I would be so tired like no energy to write nothing down I couldn't write my handwriting was gone again like bad and I was like this is the weirdest thing for me like my nerve damage I don't know and so I went to the doctor and got my blood drawn that was like all they did they didn't do anything and it wasn't until I went to the chiropractor after all these doctors told me they can't help me that she was like yeah um I'm gonna have to because I had a neurologist appointment planned but not till like September the 3rd and this happened in June so I had to wait from June to September to go to the the neurologist and this chiropractor was like nah that's too long you cannot wait that long you need to find out right now so I'm gonna call around and see if I can get you a referral a lot sooner and I was like cool so she had me referred um to August 3rd and so August 3rd came and that morning I went to the neurologist and he like everybody else was like so clueless on how to help me and I was like what the hell like maybe it's because I didn't shower because I had stunk I was stinking because I worked out you know Um, I think I worked out. I don't remember. But I remember like because I was unable to like take care of myself. Like I wasn't able to shower. I wasn't able to walk. Like I was stumbling around. So I think getting in the shower was scary for me. So I didn't. And I went to the neurologist. And I smelled like B.O. man bad. And I was like I wonder if this is why he didn't want to help me. Like he saw me for like maybe like. 10 20 minutes but I waited for him for like 30 minutes before I saw him and then and it wasn't even my actual neurologist it was his assistant so it was that was crazy too and the whole time I had people texting me like test see if you have COVID maybe it's COVID you know how many people said like numbness is a sign of COVID and I'm like what how come I've never heard that and I've read about that and that's not what it is and on the job that I had we had to you know do like the symptoms test like every time before we went in so i was like what so keep hanging on i got it gets good it gets crazy so august 3rd comes. so so that was my neurologist appointment on my way out to my car like i stumbled to get in the building right stumbled to get up the stairs to get to the elevator to find him to open the door stumbled 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 then I get to my car on my way back and I stumbled to get to my car and I'm finally in my car and you know it's a miracle that I was even driving bro because I can't I couldn't feel in my hands you know what I'm saying so I'm like what the hell so I get to my car and I'm driving around and uh I I get lost like my cognitive ability was off so off and I kept missing my exit missing my turns getting lost and didn't have the ability to look down at the directions and go you know I, I just couldn't do two things at once it was hard for me it was really a struggle so I I finally figured out where I'm going. I'm like, cool, you got to get some gas. And I had enough gas getting there, but I had driven so much because I was lost that I kept passing gas stations. And I'm like, okay, I'll get it at the next one. Pass the gas station. Okay, I'll get it at the next one. And I kept doing that so much till right before I got, I was very close to my house. My car died, stopped, boom. And then I was like, okay, whatever. Um I had a phone charger but it wouldn't charge my phone for whatever reason it was a poor charger but I had just bought that charger so I don't know so then I I I had 1% left in my phone so I was like I'm going to call my mom so that she can know that I'm lost and I called her and my mom's got a person, man. I don't know why. Unless she's working, she, she will answer that phone after one ring. So I called her and after one ring, I got through to her and I was like, mom, I ran out of gas. I'm on Pflugerville and park. I'm, I'm on Parkway or something like that. I said, and then boop, my phone died. And I was like, Oh my God. And it was hot. Okay. It was, this was summertime in Austin, Texas. So it was hot, you know. And I was like, what am I going to do? Like, i sat there for like maybe five ten minutes and then i was like nah i'm gonna get out and i'm gonna walk to a gas station get some gas and then walk back to my car and fill it up um so i got out of the car stumbly mess like walking like i was drunk like in the desert and it was like 10 o'clock in the morning i'm walking around drunk crazy and uh i walked for like half an hour maybe longer because you know i was walking slow because if i was walking fast i would have been there boom bam but like i was walking so low so slow on an access road so you know while i'm walking boom a police car drives up to me and i was like oh my god i'm gonna die because if you know the news and you know the struggle with police they out here taking people's lives especially if you're black you're you're done for so i was like this is it this is how i go and uh, the cop was like, hey, uh, and I I was on his driver's side outside and he pulled the window down and he was like, hey, um, I got a call that said someone saw you walking and they said you didn't look so good. So I just I, I came to find you and see how you're doing. And I said, well, I don't look so good. I don't feel so good. And he said, yeah, um, you need to get in my car, like get in my car and not the front seat, get in the back seat. And I was like, cool. I'm cool with it. And he was like, I will take you home. And I was like, all right, cool. And uh, his car felt so good that I was in his car like, oh, it feels so good in here. Oh, my God. Air conditioning. Because, by the way, I didn't tell you that, but my A.C. in my car had broken that same 2018 when I went numb in my legs. My A.C. broke like shortly after that while we were in this musical. A.C. just straight up broke. So it was the worst time for your A.C. to break in the summer heat in austin texas okay so i had been driving around since 2018 with no ac in my car and i was a teacher having to give kids rides and stuff it was terrible anyways so back to the story he he gave me a ride in his car and his ac felt so good and then he was like okay tell me where i need to go and i was like take a ride take a uh then so i couldn't even really talk because i was dry heaving so much and i was just like what the heck is am i this dehydrated like am i just dehydrated so finally he gets me home and he comes around helps me out of the car because i couldn't walk and i'm surprised that he didn't accuse me of being drunk and try to give me a sobriety test or anything like that but i think he knew something was not right with me so I go up to the uh, front door. I'm like stumbling to get there. He's holding my hand the whole way. Then um, uh, we open the door and we have one of those things. It's like a boop, 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 like not a key, but like a um, code, door code. So I typed in the code because that's one thing I could remember. And I got into the door and I was like saying thank you to him and I just closed the door behind him. I don't even know if I locked it, but I closed the door and I like fainted right there at the front door. Boom, fell flat on my back. I was like, ow, I could not walk. I couldn't do anything. And I was like, so angry, so frustrated because I didn't have the help. You know, I had to do this all by myself. And if it wasn't for that cop, I, you know, I don't know. I could have probably been dead, you know? And, um, i started shouting my mom's first name and i'm like saying it and saying it and i don't know why the heck i was doing that but she wasn't there because she was out looking for me and she's not a crier you know what i'm saying she'd rather eat a rock than cry and she told me that she was crying like looking for me praying she said she went home once and i wasn't there so she went back out to look for me again And I was like, I don't know. Like, whenever she finally got home, she was like, Oh my God, I'm so glad you're alive. And I was like, Me too. And I told her about what happened. And she was like, Well, where's your car? And I said, I don't really know. I know it's on the access road and I know it's near this, but I don't really remember. So we went driving around to look for it. And then she was like, There it is, right there. She was like, Girl, that is not close to home. And I said, Well, I had to do what I had to do. And so she took me. Um to buy gas out of like a gas tank. We went and I paid for the gas. So I filled up the gas tank and then we took it to my car and put it in my car. And then after that I went to the gas station like right by my house and tried to get gas, but it was so hard for me to even handle anything, like getting the gas out of the gas. Um, compartment to put it in my car to press the thing, like I didn't have the strength to do any of this. Okay, it was so not good. So I filled up the gas tank, and then shortly after that, um, I went home and I talked to my friend. Um, and it's so funny because I don't know if it was like that day or like the next day or shortly in that same week or the week before I had talked to one of my close friends and he was like he's a seven like me on the Enneagram and he was like girl quit that job like you don't want it you don't need it it makes you angry like leave leave the job and I was like okay you're right I was just afraid to leave it because I was like I need this job because of my situation with, you know, I've been saying he's my fiance. That's a whole nother story. He's actually my husband. That's a whole nother story, y'all. But like, I was like, if I, you know, if I don't have this job, like it might mess up our petition. And I really like don't want to do anything that messes that up. That's why I've had several jobs that I didn't want. um, Because I was like, this is not for me. This is for the person that I'm trying to get here. And uh, anyways, he told me that I was like, forget it. And so I sent in my notice and I was like, and it's so funny because I wasn't even like vomiting and diarrhea at the time, but I did have to poop that morning that I sent this email, but I wasn't throwing up or nothing. Then commercial shooting the same day that I fainted in my dang house. I had a commercial shooting, right. With my agency, shout out to my agency. Um, but this commercial shooting, was in my underwear I, I had to be in my drawers y'all and tan underwear they wanted me to be in tan okay and if you know me you know i'm i'm thick you know what i'm saying i got i got a body i got curves and and because i couldn't uh, like use anything like for my hands very much my vagina was so hairy child look okay and they wanted us in boy shorts so i had boy shorts on me that were tan but um i had to bro- borrow a bra from my mama child I'm, I'm looking crazy in somebody else's drawers in this dang commercial shooting and i'm like why the heck would they pick me so i'm stumbling a little bit to get up the stairs and luckily there was an elevator so i took the elevator to get to where i had to go and i got there and uh the lady was like oh my god you're on time like great we're gonna be with you next and she was like if you need anything and i said i need water and so she showed me how to get the water and I got the water. No problem. I don't know, but I didn't have no problem. And nobody suspected anything was wrong with me. Right. Um, so I go to the commercial shooting and it's my turn. And this black guy walks out and I'm like, oh, my God, you know, and I'm wearing clothes. Right. But my drawers are under my clothes, of course. So I go in there and he's like, go ahead and disrobe, you know, and I'll be with you in a second. And I'm like, man, it better be no porn, nothing like that. And um, I I, I sit down and I, I said, okay, I have a question. Why would y'all ask me to be a part of this shoot? And he said, oh, well, we're looking for variety. And I said, uh, well, you're getting variety. Okay. And uh, pretty much the only note he gave me was at one point, and I was standing still. I did all the poses exactly the way they wanted and I didn't fall or anything like that but the one thing that he noticed was that my hands were uneven and so he was like hey can you lift your right hand a little higher it wasn't um the same as your left hand and I was like oh my bad yeah and uh that's one thing I had noticed I was much weaker on my right side than my left side I couldn't stick my fingers all the way together like it was bad right and uh So I did the shooting good and now that commercial shooting it was like 30 minutes 33 minutes away from my house and that was on the toll road. Okay, so I was taking the toll road back home and uh, I just like I remember like. I was like, OK, if a song comes on that you don't like, leave it on that song. Don't try to change the song and just make sure you can hear the directions. OK, so, you know, not to get lost because you want to go home. And I had had I had plenty of gas. My phone was charged. So it wasn't like a super struggle if something happened. But, you know, my mom had clients. She's a therapist. And uh, my dad was out of town because he's a retired police officer. So he's leading classes um for other pe other police officers so he wasn't even like in town so it was just me and my mom so while we hanging out i mean i drive home i get home safely and uh you know nobody could believe my mom was like what like couldn't believe that i had still gone to that commercial shooting after everything that i had been through that day right so after that happened Um, For the next few days, I was vomiting. I could not, I didn't want to eat. I didn't want to drink. My mom was like, "Get some Pedialyte." Like she got me some Pedialyte, thinking it was dehydration. We both were. She was like, "Stick your hands in this tub of ice and like get in the bathtub like a hot bath with ginger and this and like I promise you, you'll feel so much better." Da 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 da. Man, that that bath made me feel worse. Everything made me feel worse. And I just remember, I never, I was naked like the whole time. And I remember one time my mom came in like, "Michelle." And I would be saying yes, but I didn't like I just didn't have the energy to go anywhere. And I vomited so much like I had a tampon. I was on my period, by the way, at this commercial shooting. So since I couldn't stick a tampon in all the way the right way, I had to make a makeshift pad it was so y'all it was so crazy and i had to have tan underwear on right so i had on two pairs of drawers one was like normal and then the boy shorts were over it just in case any blood came out i didn't want to be embarrassed myself so i was like i gotta do what i gotta do you know and i know y'all been there where you had to make makeshift pads okay so i had to make a makeshift pad that was crazy and um I, all i could do was vomit it was so bad that all i could do was throw up i threw up day and night for like three or four days straight and um i remember i was making phone calls to like ex-boyfriends or boys that i used to like and i was sending you know naked pictures of myself not not currently but like old like old photos from like your hidden files on your phone you know so I'm sending pictures of myself I'm like what the heck why did I do that I remember I told some boy like I asked him to marry me even though I broke up with this guy because he didn't know about his sexuality and that made me feel insecure because I felt like everybody was a competition and it was crazy when I say crazy dude I was like calling ex-boyfriends or texting them and I was like I'm sorry that it didn't work out like I'm sorry that you couldn't love me and I you know I took it so bad and they're like what's wrong with you why are you saying that and I had boys calling me like you're gonna be okay everything's gonna be fine I'm like no dude I'm dying like I'm legit this is my last days and I know it and that was like I'm thinking about it now I'm like that's how you chose to spend your last days you know what I'm saying and uh I remember my African um I remember like the day that i fainted and stuff i called him several times and he never answered the phone and when he finally answered boy i let him have it one side up one side and down the other screaming angry i'm like why weren't you answering the phone where were you and he's like oh i'm sorry the connection i was like i don't care about what that is i don't care and even if it was a legit answer it upset me so much that you're the one thing that I have right now, and you're not even here, and you're not even answering the phone, okay? So I was pissed. So anyways, a few days later, um, my mom, I think, was worried about what was happening, and so she had a friend. Her, She called her friend, or her friend called her, I can't remember, but that her friend was like, bring her ass to the hospital, like right then and there, and my mom was like, okay, I'm doing it. So she was like, Michelle, either you go to the hospital or... Or we're gonna have the the ambulance come to you, and I was like, ambulance? No, that costs money. Like, uh uh-uh. uh. And I have health insurance, but I just didn't know like how much it was gonna be. So I was like, nah, nah. Let me um, let me get it together. And I just put on a dress, like no bra, no underwear. I don't think I had underwear on. I just went with no drawers on, no bra, some sandals, and a slip-on dress, like a halter dress and uh and a mask okay i hadn't done my hair in like a week or two everything was messed up and mainly because i couldn't do my hair you know um and when i went numb like i bought these hats online like those like top top of the bun high bun hats or whatever that you wear um so i could still look cute you know but i didn't even bring that i didn't bring no hats nothing i just took myself and me and my mom went to the emergency room I, She gave me a cane I was like I can't even use this cane My motor skills I can't I don't want to I'm too cool to use this cane So I sit in the car And then When I go to the uh, the ER My mom was like Oh, they First of all, they recognized me from the first time I went with numb hands. And when I went to the ER the first time, the doctor said, well, you don't have a stroke because you can't have four strokes at once. Because I told him about my numb legs and my numb hands. And he was like, you can't have four strokes at once. And I'm like, what the heck? Like, OK, so I guess it's not a stroke. And uh, that's how I went home with that energy. So I came back. and My mom was so pissed because the lady was like, oh you're the um girl with the numb hands and my mom was like yeah she is and she ain't numb only in her hands she numb everywhere she numb y'all need to fix her y'all need to work this out and make sure you figure out what's wrong with her and like i wasn't numb everywhere but like but i had gone numb again like in my waist and stuff like pretty much my whole torso was pretty bad and um I was like, Oh my God, mom, chill. I was like, "She is a little dramatic. And I don't know why I said that. But I was like, Oh my God. And she was like, Okay, ma'am. Okay. Uh, but you know, you can't come back here. And my mom was like, I know, but I'm gonna be in the car in the parking lot. um, So figure out what's wrong with her. Because you know, at the, sa- at the same time, guys, it's still a pandemic. Okay, there's still a pandemic happening. So this pandemic happens, and then I get a different doctor this this time. He's an Indian doctor, person of color, and he was like, "Okay." And I told him everything going on, and he was like, "Okay." um It sounds like you you might have MS, and I was like, "What?" Because I was like, "Can you check for lupus? Can you check for this? Can you check for diabetes? Like, I don't know." And he was like, uh "Yeah, we're gonna give you a CAT scan." So they gave me a CAT scan. I don't even remember them doing that, but they gave me a CAT scan. And he was like, yeah, um, you have you might have MS, So we're going to take you to the hospital. So I called my mom and dad on three way. And I was like, hey, um, they saying that they want me to go to the hospital. But I'm I'm nervous because of how much it might cost me to go to the hospital. And my dad was like, don't worry about how much it costs. Just go. You need to go my mom was like okay yeah I just whatever he says because she was so like she didn't know what to think okay and my mom is usually super opinionated and she wasn't saying nothing she didn't have no opinions okay um so then my dad he's the one who said go to the hospital so I was like okay guys um I'm ready to go to the hospital so I get in the back of a of an ambulance in a wheelchair because I couldn't walk to an ambulance and get in a bed they had to Put me in an ambulance in a wheelchair, and then they took me to a hospital, like kind of close to my house, but it was like North Austin. So I was in that hospital in a wheelchair, and that that night, cause it was late when I went to the ambulance, it was like 10, 45 11 o'clock at night. So, you know, I was sitting in my bed for a while, and then like later that night, they were like, "Okay, we're gonna give you an MRI scan so we can figure out what's going on," and I was like, "Cool." so you know i had so people touch my body touch my breast do all this stuff put all these electricity things on me and they had me s- sit in a uh mri table and i sat in this table for like three hours i took i had a three hour mri and they were like let me know if you need to take a break or anything and i said i'm not taking no breaks do what you got to do and uh They only had to do one of the scans over because I was breathing heavy, he said. And I said, I was probably asleep, you know, but I went right to bed. I was so tired. I went to sleep. Okay. Um, I went to sleep. And then later on, the doctor saw my MRI and he came to visit me like the next day, I guess. And uh, that's when they told me, like, hey, you have MS. And I was like, oh, my God. I have multiple sclerosis what the heck bro it was so crazy and I met with so many doctors like I can't even remember not only that I had people coming in and out of my room at all hours of the day and night get taking my blood drawing my blood giving me shots so many stuff I mean I remember I had a steroid um in an IV or whatever they're called it was like I can't remember the name right now but like they gave me an iv and um i mean they gave me like um liquids uh liquid steroids and man i guess it didn't sit well with me i vomited pooped peed everything and i didn't have an appetite for like the first few days and then like the last because i was in this hospital for a week in a wheelchair and then i went to they they transferred me from there to a rehabilitation center still in a wheelchair it was so sad okay the saddest thing and my butt thinking like I'm helping like with my family and anybody else I took a picture like a a short video of myself with my mask on in the hospital bed and I'm like what like just posted it and so many people who I don't even talk to old boyfriends um boys who were too cool to talk to me who were in plays and they're too cool to talk to me asking me what's wrong asking me what I got asking me why I'm in the hospital I had people ask me if I had AIDS if I had COVID if I had uh meningitis like you name it they asked me and I couldn't believe it I'm like the nerve of people man and they're like, well, you know, since you're putting these pictures of you in the hospital up, it, you know, it's kind of alarming. And I'm like, first of all, it was one video that was like five seconds long. You took that and you made it alarming. I didn't do nothing. Um, and what I was doing was like also my cognitive, you know, me thinking that that was a good idea. But, you know, I didn't even realize how many people stalked my life until then. And I was like, Wow like chocolate thunder people like you and if not people is out here nosy for whatever it is that your life is going through so i realized that real quick then um uh in the rehab center i met a lot of people that were amazing and you know what's even crazier some people recognized me from theater like one lady i came in and she was like i know you you're michelle alexander you were miss andrew and mary poppins at Zach Theater and I was like, What? She was like, Sorry, I don't mean a fangirl, but I totally know who you are and I'm just so excited to meet you and I said, Oh wow. I said, Please don't tell nobody and She was like, Oh, I'm not, I'm not And I'm like, I, I know that's cool, but and then I was like, actually I don't I don't know if I care if you tell anybody. But I didn't say anything and I would get in arguments with my mom because she'd tell everybody in my family, everybody at the church, everybody knows. But there was, this was something that was like for me and it was like a need to know basis like you don't need to know unless I tell you you know what I'm saying because for me I didn't want to be treated any differently than I'm than I am now as a person I still wanted to have the same um respect or lack of respect some people didn't treat me good anyway but I'm just like I don't want people to treat me like like I'm handicapped but at the end of the day I am okay I am disabled and, but I just didn't want people to talk to me. You know, how somebody deaf, they're like, hi, can um, can you hear me? Um, You know, they talk all slow and loud. I didn't want nobody doing that to me. So I was like, just nothing is wrong. Like, I'm fine. I'm alive. And that's the best that I could ask for. Honestly, these, this rehab center and this hospital, like, they saved my life. So um, I would have a gate belt. They would put a gate belt on me. Like anytime I had to pee, that was the one thing that sucked. I had to like get I peed on myself a couple of times because people took forever to get to my room. And I'm like, I don't have time for this. So I would get up and go by myself and then I would get in trouble. This was at the first hospital. And so they put put a bed alarm on me. So anytime I got up without like permission I was in trouble. So that happened only one day. Once they took that bed alarm off, I was back to getting up. You know what I'm saying? But I still had a walker, but I had to pee. Okay. I didn't have time to be waiting for people. Um, And then I went to rehab. They had a bed alarm on 24 hours a day. It never went off unless they took it off. So they would take it off of me and uh put me on a gate belt and i had they would ask me like do you want a wheelchair or a walker to go to the bathroom i'm like i don't care i just gotta pee so that happened a few times i peed on myself a few times um it was like the old days you know i'm just playing but so that happened but basically i started getting stronger after i met with this physical therapist and this lady had me she was like okay today you're gonna do an obstacle course and then you're gonna climb the chair and then after you climb the chair you're gonna reach down and pick up my id and give it to me i was like what the heck bro what she had me throwing shot put she had me doing all kind of stuff that i never thought i would do again she had me picking up boxes and she told me like that i was a pleaser and that I I was trying to do things because I didn't want to upset the person like in front of me or whoever I was working for. I didn't want to make them think that I was incompetent. So I would do it to make sure that they knew that they can trust me. And I was like, oh, my God, I didn't even know that I was trying to be a pleaser. But um, I called her Jesus Marianne and uh, she literally changed my life. And then I. But- really all of my physical therapists were cool one dude was like legally blind and i was like how is he gonna lead me to to getting better but he he was actually a very good coach um both of my coaches were awesome but but marianne was really awesome they all were awesome and um pretty much after that weekend i could feel it i could feel it in my body that i was changing i was growing and they gave us three meals a day and that food was good okay three meals a day and you can pick what you eat because they give you a menu. And the first two days that I was there, I had somebody write my food down for me because I just didn't feel like I had it in me to do it. And then after that, I made it a choice. Like, this is your homework. Even if you don't turn it in at the right time, your homework is to do, to write down your food. Write down your food. Um, And so I did. I would make sure that I write down my food and then people would turn it in for me um, because we weren't allowed to leave the room unless they say, and um then they were like basically i asked i said hey how how did i learn how to walk and they were like confidence like you just didn't have any confidence when you got here like you didn't believe that you could do this and then one day i guess it clicked and i was like oh my god like that's how powerful our brains are and our self-confidence is like if we believe anything it'll happen like if if you believe you're a loser you're a loser bro if you believe you're not you're not like it's literally up to you um and i saw three three therapists while i was there a speech therapist, physical therapist, and uh a uh occupational therapist and they were all so good to me like um i wore contacts right and the, a lot of the time i had only one contact in because i knocked it out on accident after i went numb at home and i was like well there goes that contact i ain't putting it back in i can't and then my mom brought me contacts to the rehab center because i wasn't allowed to have visitors and stuff while i was in the hospital and i would tell them that, hey i only have one contact and they'd be like okay um anyways let me take your vitals and i'm like what like nobody cares?" And I know with MS, like, vision with some people is a big deal. Like, some people's vision goes or gets double vision and stuff. And I was so scared about that happening to me. Um, it was crazy. So when my mom got there, I she helped me put in my two contacts. And then I did that. And then one day my eye went, it was uh, infected, like not really infected but it was on its way because my contacts were so dirty because i hadn't taken them out in forever okay they were just so dirty um so i had to put new ones in and luckily like my um when you know my hands are numb but i figured out how to put my contacts in i had someone help me take them out but then i eventually had to learn how to do it myself and i put my contacts in took them out every night which was new for me honey because i never did that Um, since I had contacts and if I did that, it was because, you know, I was, I don't even know, but like I took them out, um, put them back in my eyes. I learned how to open bottles. I learned how to, how to walk. I did all this stuff. Now I'm a, I'm a playwright, but I haven't written really any plays. I'm in the process of writing one play, but a lot of it was like fear. Um, but I was writing a play and I'm still writing it for all the people who copy but, um, it was called Therapy Scared Me. And I was writing it based on the therapy that, like, people get when they go see, like, um, when they go see, like, a therapist in the office or something, like the kind of therapist that my mom is. And I was like, oh my God, like, when I, after going to rehab, I realized that I've had so, many therapists okay I talked to a real therapist I think I scared her about my real life problems um and she referred me to a few other therapists but I ain't seen them um but anyways my therapists, like occupational physical and uh speech they were all so good to me like they would be like you need to slow down you don't need to say sorry after every mistake you make like it's okay like you're here to grow we're literally here to help you get better not we're not here to judge you for dropping that or judge you for picking that up wrong or whatever um but i've i'm used to working in you know schools where everyone laughs at you makes fun of you and you're the teacher um, kids, you know, do this because kids didn't understand and even when I said, you know, I'm sick and you shouldn't be laughing at me because of that they're like, Oh, sorry, I just you know, it would, it would piss me off. Okay? Piss me off. I had really bad anger problems, but like I'm not an angry person. But I was really angry at this school. Anyways, and when I got to rehab I realized like, Oh my god, like they're they're here to help me. Um and then the last few days of me leaving the hospital um when I was I was there for like um like three weeks or something and then those last few days like maybe the last three days I like graduated to um no longer like a um a fall risk and I could stand up and move around by myself walk around by myself and i could do my own thing and i like graduated from not needing a wheelchair but people were always on standby you know and uh, i didn't have to call to use the bathroom anymore i could go pee when i wanted to go pee i didn't have to have someone watch me take a shower that was crazy y'all crazy people watch me with my hairy vagina and hairy underarms i was so embarrassed and i was like they were like do you want us to shave your hair i mean and i was like nah like i'm cool like please don't worry about it you know and so i had people like And once that was over with, I didn't I have privacy, which was the one thing I needed. They were they were super worried because I wasn't taking a BM. I was like really constipated and I didn't even know that was a big deal with MS. And then they would like, give me like prune juice or whatever, Miralax, and then like stare at me like I'm a TV. And I'm like, okay, you think I'm going to boo boo with y'all looking at me? I'm not. So uh, give me some privacy. So they would. And then I would boo boo. And I boo-boo every day, sometimes three times a day. Okay, like every time I turn around, I had to boo-boo. And it was crazy, but it was just cool to see how much I had grown in so little bit of time. And then I also was in a Zoom play, like boom, like a short, like I got home, like I think my last day was like the last day of August. And I got home. The first of September where boys couldn't wait till I got out of the hospital so they could call me and I could come over to their house and all this stuff. But but, I'm stuttering. But by this time, I had decided, like, I can't drink. I don't want to smoke. And like, I'm a big pothead and I love wine. But I was like, nah, it's not for me. Like, it won't help me at all, um, especially now with what I've got some people still smoke weed even though they're they have a messed because i think it helps medically and that's cool man do you but i'm not in the place where i medically want that to help me okay and i got closer to god now i was a christian i am a christian but like i fell off i fell off the christian map for a minute and i worked at a christian school but i was like you won't find me going to chapel i would not go to chapel i'm the i'm worse than the kids i'm teaching class lit as heck like didn't care I didn't care at all and I knew it wasn't a problem when two teachers got fired for messing with kids or taking pictures with kids and you know nasty stuff all the time I'm not at least I'm not doing all of that I'm still showing up to work I'm still making bomb lesson plans even though they don't get executed the right way but that wasn't necessarily my fault I just did not care about where I was and I was still teaching at the school with with big MS symptoms. Um, but right after that outbreak happened, the first one, the first uh, flare up, I ended up quitting so that I could focus on acting. And little did I know I got so many acting gigs, man, I was booked, booked. And that still like happened to me. But it slowed down once I started teaching at this terrible school um it slowed down but then they let me go from that school but I wasn't mad because right when they let me go like 10 seconds I kid you not later I got hired at another in a play boom just like that and I was like cool bye peace and I left um but anyways like uh so all that craziness happened and then so I've been like living at home since i quit that job and i i hated living home i didn't want to i kicked and screamed my mom was like you're the only sibling that hasn't lived at this house some of your siblings have done this more than once they've been at this house several times you have never lived here you've always been independent now is your time and i'm like all right dang i guess i'm coming home and then boom pandemic hit and then boom i got sick now it God was like yeah you need to come home In more ways than one Come home bring your A home So I finally did I came home And uh, I'm so glad that I'm here Because you know for a while Even before I went to the hospital Like my parents were Cooking me meals And helping me out and I was like Man I don't want my mom to feel like she has to Cook for me like I'm an adult Like I'm gonna figure out how to cook for myself um and so with my at-home therapist that was one of the things I I wanted to learn how to do and another thing was buttoning up my pants putting on jeans again because yes it's a pandemic so I wear a lot of leggings and spandex and sweatpants but like you know there'd be times when I want to like actually look nice like and put on some real pants okay or a dress or, or whatever and not look stupid because it's like um you know jogging pants or something so craziness that happened it gets crazier at the end of like well not not even the end well yeah the end of last month so i i had only been home for like a month and then in panic mode i started looking for jobs because i was like i don't want to live at my parents house forever i was like super kind of suicidal i had gone to the neurologist and he showed me more brain scans or i say scans but they're like mris uh, of my spine and my brain there was so much inflammation that i was like my body is literally on fire this is not cool i cannot like I cannot substance abuse anymore because it's just not good for me. It wasn't good for me when when nothing was wrong, but it definitely ain't good for me now. And, uh, you know, so I was pissed when I went home. I was so mad. Okay, I was angry, so devastated. And then um, my mom was doing these like um, she was at a conference and one of the people who was speaking, his name was David Ammon. I'm sorry, David Amen and uh, him and his wife, Tana, um, they have a podcast and basically he was speaking and he and you know, he he talks about how he does brain scans, which are different than MRIs. Brain scans actually can tell you what is going on with your brain. And the MRI is just like is a is a real physical like X-ray of your brain and i could see like lesions and like um big mass on my left side of my brain which i think is why it affected my right side so hard and um it was kind of scary to see that and i was like oh my god like what does this mean what does all this mean and um anyways like my mom had me go in there and listen to him. And I was like, why the heck do you want me to listen to this? Like, this does not help me. This is pissing me off. And then he said, um, a quote that's like so amazing. I'm going to pull it up so that I can quote it correctly. And it's like such a good quote. And the quote is, your brain's history is not your destiny. Meaning that you, you are not like just because your brain is ruined now for maybe like drugs or like football or like something that gave it like a big crash. Um, and I don't necessarily know if this is the truth for MS, but I also know about the walls protocol and she healed her MS by her nutrition alone. Like just because she changed her diet, that helped her nutrition. I mean, that helped her neurons in her brain, you know start feeling a lot better so i'm like you know what that's it that's all i need and so i know like it's i'm just gonna move right into the listen read watch okay um and i'm gonna do that after this break because i've been talking for a long time so let's take a commercial break because we need it we need it we need it Okay, so listen, read, watch. Okay, listens. Okay, so if you have a pen and paper or you on your notepad on your uh, iPhone or iPad, you need to write this down. This is called The Brain Warrior's Way. The Brain Warrior's Way podcast um, by David, David Amon and his wife, Tana Amon. They're amazing humans, like, seriously. And he, like, he said after two weeks of dating his now wife um he scanned her brain okay on like the first date like the first like interaction one of them was him scanning her brain because he thought she was cool and he wanted to see what kind of brain did she have and he said she pretty much had a, a good brain good enough for him to want to date and and heal and basically he says like your brain is you don't have to be stuck with the brain you have like there is room for growth there's room for change and for me my cases would have to be with like substance abuse and like uh the worry and the anxiety and the fear like there are things that I can do to help me get out of that mode and like multiple sclerosis even I and I take that from the walls protocol like And she doesn't have a podcast, but like I I follow her as a human and I really believe in the work that she does. And uh, I'm going to go get those get those books because I got a lot of books for the read section. But that's something that I've been listening to nonstop day and night. I'm obsessed. Okay, the brain warriors way. Another thing that I'm listening to is Brene Brown. That's my girl. I love Brene Brown and Mel Robbins. They are amazing humans, and Brene Brown, um, the Gifts of Imperfection. Okay, and and uh, Dare to Lead, or something about leading. I don't even remember what it's called. I think it's called Dare to Lead, but it's such a good book. Like there's so many things that I've like swallowed whole because I'm so inspired by the work that they've done in my life personally, and I can see the growth in me. And another thing I'm reading, or or listening to these are all audiobooks so audible or scribed s-c-r-i-b-d it's another app and i only had it because i was a teacher looking for sheet music looking for monologues for kids but they also have audiobooks and stuff on this on this app so if i can't find it on audible sometimes it's on scribed and sometimes it's at both places um so i listen to both but they're so good, like so awesome and amazing. So like the Brain Warriors way, that's my thing. That's what helps me get ahead. Um, It's a wonderful podcast and it's about all kinds of stuff. And you'd be surprised about the things that you put in your body that you don't need to put in your body. But like our society makes money off of our illnesses and the sicker we are, the more money they make. And if you didn't know that, well, now you know. Um, But that's something that I didn't know and I didn't care to know until I started listening to the Brain Warriors way. And I am obsessed. I can't even tell you enough. Like, I'm a changed woman. Like, I'm all about brain food and like helping my brain become a better person. And it's so bad. Like, I see stuff that people are eating and I'm like, oh, my God, no. Like, you shouldn't do that. You shouldn't eat that. But like, I'm trying my best to not judge people like because I get it because trust me that food is good man and uh but food is also medicine it's medicine like natural medicine to help you heal um and something that i'm doing is focusing on my healing because that's important like so important um i'm gonna take a second and i'm gonna come back with what i'm reading okay so we back this is uh this is the read section of listen read watch and uh i had to pee also so sorry about that but um okay something i'm reading is it's a book called the walls protocol w-a-h-l-s protocol written by terry walls md and uh now i don't know if it's uh terry walls but she's the founder of the walls foundation and like um This woman was so bad with her MS, like so bad. Couldn't walk, had to be in a wheelchair, like all kind of stuff. And because of her nutrition and she chose to go paleo and uh, that's helped her out so much. Now, if you know me, you know, I'm keto. I'm super keto. But now I don't eat cheese. I don't eat any dairy or any gluten um, because it's not going to help me any by you know, eating it. So I don't dive into the whole gluten thing. But uh, she uh, she's on that paleo life. And I haven't dived into it that much this book yet. I'm still reading it. It's a very thick book. Okay. Um, another book I'm reading is called meals that heal by uh, Carolyn Williams. And now this book is awesome. But there are books in here. I mean, sorry, recipes in this. But it's a cookbook. Now, there are recipes in here that are like so good. They're like um, anti-inflammatory recipes that you can make in 30 minutes or less, which is cool for me because I was just getting back on my cooking thing. And I love to cook. I love it. I blame Top Chef. That's my show. If you listen to other podcasts, you know that that's part of the listen, read, watch. Okay, because I love it. And um, But there are some recipes in here, and this might be controversial, but like because of David Ammon, uh, I say his name so wrong. It's Amen, but um, because of what he and his wife talk about, like, corn is the devil. I don't eat corn. And she has uh, some really good recipes in this book that include corn, like a lot of them. And there's some that include rice and quinoa. And uh, quinoa is probably okay, but rice. That just turns into sugar in your body and like the sugar is not good for you. So avoiding sugar is the key, right? Like no, saying no to sugar. That will only help you in the end if you say no to sugar. Um and uh but anyways, there are still some amazing recipes in that book, and one of them is like eggs with uh sweet potatoes, and like that's probably the only carb I will eat, and I'll eat it like once once a week maybe. Um, but sweet potatoes are like, are really like uh, the carb that's going to like be good for you besides rice, you know, or pasta, sweet potatoes. And you can make sweet potato mash. You can make sweet potato fries. There's so much you can do with sweet potatoes. So if you're like curious about that, like get that book meals that heal and I'm going to post these on my Instagram, um, and I I'm like still trying to figure out how to do show notes but if I figure that out I'm gonna put them in my show notes as well um and then the last book is the brain warrior's way cookbook they have a cookbook y'all and when they were talking about that on their podcast when I heard that I said oh pause Amazon found it got it and like you know Amazon I'm not a huge fan because of what they do to their workers and how they treat people, but um it's a vice of mine, and because we're so spoiled, we're so used to getting things quick so um Amazon was my best friend when I was in the hospital like I ordered like a shower chair chair, handrails for my shower, like you name it, I was getting it, I was getting it all because I needed it like um. And I needed it fast, you know. So that was the main reason why I was on Amazon. But those are the three books that I have been reading religiously, on top of Brene Brown and um, other books on, and podcasts that I'm listening to and watching. I'm not really watching a lot of TV right now because I just don't. I don't know. It don't hit me the same. But I, I watched Master Chef every season, even though I had seen it every single episode of every season from top to bottom while I was in the hospital that was like I watched that religiously while I was in the hospital okay and um top chef and I just finished the most recent season which I've already seen it but I watched it again because it's cool to watch it again now that you know who wins to see like their journey and uh, I understand the journey man the journey is real so it was cool to see all of that like all of that stuff was so awesome for me to see um, so, those are the things that I'm listening to, the things that I'm reading, and the things that I'm watching. Okay, lastly, my last segment is like um, Unfriend of the Week, okay? the people in your life that you want to unfriend like some some of these moments for me were very personal like um i had uh people tell me that my disease was something that i deserved um i belong in hell because of this you know it was really like it hurt my feelings but it also was like okay cool but in reality like we all belong in hell you know what i'm saying everybody um, and our job is to like do the work that it takes to to get us you know in heaven Um and I figured like for me in order for me to like grow in the Lord and grow as a person I gotta unfriend you and uh you cool but the thing about boundaries and how important they are I had to place some boundaries which which for me Michelle I don't have any like I'm very like free-spirited right super chill and I still am super chill but like i had to uh i had to set it up baby had to set it up and uh so uh had to unfriend them but i i've unfriended or blocked or whatever like so many ex-boyfriends i'm like why are you trying to come in my life like you weren't in my life when everything was a height like you wasn't in my life so why are you trying to be in my life now you're nosier now than you were then like okay and that bothered me um so they had to go some i did just last night or or whatever it was just like this energy is not healthy for me to hang on to so i gotta let it go um and uh i'm trying to think what else like who else like unfriend basically this is for everybody like if they're not giving you um a good peace of mind let them go like you don't need to hold on to that because it doesn't suit you in the end it's not a good look you don't need it you know what I mean And social media like I haven't watched this should go under watch and I only started it but then I haven't it's like um that thing on Netflix about social media I forget what it's called social media complex whatever it's called I don't know but like I watched like five seconds of it and I was like nah this isn't gonna make me feel good so I didn't watch it but it's true how addicting that they create it so that you always look and you know how many people right now listening to me got so many text messages or so many um push notifications for apps that you don't even care about that just sitting on your phone it's like turn off them push notifications turn off the stuff that's not going to serve you serve you like if it's not serving you get rid of it it's gotta go and like it was really hard for me um to say goodbye to this boy and goodbye to that boy and Oh, you know, because it was like you you didn't love yourself enough that you depended on these people to love you for you. And they didn't love nothing but what you had to offer them. It was a sexual desire. And once it was gone, they were like, OK, uh, good night. Have a good day. Like they didn't care. So why would you care? OK, because they didn't um let it go. So that's my unfriend of the week. Okay, lastly, I just want to do this because uh, it's positive and it's a cool thing that happened. So um, and I think I was going to say it earlier, but I like got distracted by everything else I was talking about. But um, my cognitive ability has gotten a lot better. And like something that ha- that's helped me with that is like, you know, those games on your phone, like Candy Crush or like Bejeweled. Um, there's games like Lumosity and there's another game called edgy mind. Those like help you think cognitively, like thinking about the steps you have to take to get certain things done, like puzzles, riddles, like a lot of that stuff is like so cool because you it helps you think cognitively about how things go, how things are supposed to go. And um, so I do I do a lot of those games or apps on my phone, but something else that I do or something else that happened to me is um while um while i was in panic mode applying for all these jobs i think i mentioned this and i didn't even like finish my sentence but like um because i was just thinking about how how, oh my god i live in my parents house oh my god i hate it but um this is how good god is my mom is a therapist you know so she had me sit down and she had me do this the first time I moved home because I found it while I was cleaning out my closet yesterday I found it and I was looking at it like my passion test my passion list of like my top five like passions or whatever and I was like oh my god like some of that stuff is not even relevant anymore or it can't really happen because there ain't really you know a reason for it to happen because of the pandemic but um, we did another one recently and I, I remember writing down stuff that felt so like not real like things that I can never do for myself like things that could never happen for me like no that can't happen like it just felt so like unreal so basically in panic mode I applied for a lot of jobs but one job I saw I'm looking at it and I'm like oh my god like there's a lot of good reviews like a lot of good reviews and um there's several different locations but one's very close to me and it sounds like they do a lot of what i'm doing here at home like therapy some of this some of their therapy is in home and a lot of their therapy is on site like at the at the um campus or the i guess the site and um so I looked at it and I was like, dude, I'm going to apply. The worst I could say is no, but I'm still going to apply. And uh, so I applied. And then shortly after that, like a few weeks after that, not even maybe somebody wrote me back and they were like, hey, we saw your resume and it looks like you have a lot of what we need. Like you, you're you really qualified for this job. You should totally. Um, we want to set up an, an interview with you, like go ahead and uh, pick a date And we want to interview you. And I was like, okay. And uh, so like the end of the month, I um, applied for this job. But before I did it, I told her like, hey, you know, I just want to say that I literally just got out of the hospital. I was in um, a facilitation center, a rehabilitation center. And uh, I literally like just learned how to walk again and i just want to tell you like what what i'm going through so that you know before i apply and she was like oh that's okay still apply and i was like oh my god uh (laughs) okay so i applied for the job and uh not knowing like i just wanted to be upfront about it like right away because i'm like depending on where i work i'm gonna have to tell whatever boss i have you know that that's what I have. So I applied for the job and then I applied that the very last day of the job. Like I didn't want to wait. I applied like at the end of the month, right? Um, and she told me this like the beginning of the month. So keep in mind I'd probably only been home for like two weeks, maybe. Um and uh so so that happened and she still wanted to interview me. So the day comes to be interviewed and um, Whew. so so i go and i and i get i get ready to get interviewed and um she's like hey yeah we, we're gonna meet in google like the google hangouts or whatever like google meets it's called google meets and so i'm in there i'm in a room i'm like waiting for her and like nothing is happening nothing's happening and she's calling me a few times and I'm missing the call because I had my phone on silent so I didn't have any distractions during the interview and then finally I checked my phone because I'm like dang this is taking forever where is she and then um uh she calls me she's like hey uh I'm having trouble with my google meets like do you still want to have this interview and I was like totally like yeah because I was like okay if anything, I'm interviewing her, just like they interviewing me, I just want to see if this is somewhere that I could actually go, and so uh, I hang in there, and then the interview happens, and we had to do it over the phone, so while she's asking me questions, it's like me talking, and I talk a lot, as you can see, and so I'm talking, talking, and I'm like, oh my gosh, like, had a lot of questions and i had she was just like tell me about you you and your experience and so i told her pretty much everything i told y'all and she was like oh my goodness like what a testimony like what a testimony like you were literally not walking and uh like when i saw my neurologist the first time he was like i didn't think you'd ever be walking again like (laughs) it looked bad for you and i was like oh my god like what he's like and here you are walking into my office and i was like dang man like, you know, so I told her all that. And she was just like, Oh, my God, I told her about my experience with special need kids. And she was like, that's perfect. Like, I still I I want you to go to the second round. And I was like, Oh, my God, what? So that interview went really good. And then I go to the second round which this interview was not virtually it was in per- person like in real life and I wasn't able to drive at the time so I had my mom drive me there and it was like pretty close to my house and it was like my old neighborhood so that was crazy like looking at my old neighborhood and being like dude this is where you were making so many bad decisions dude like it was kind of crazy to see that um, and be right there in that presence and then in the middle of all that there's this this um this rehabilitation or like this behavior center so I go in and I interview with her and the interview was like awesome I got to meet uh, some some of the kids that work there some of the clients and some of the staff and that was just like so cool to just see it it kind of made me nervous but I wasn't nervous at the time and then a couple of days later they offered me the job y'all like just after like being out of the hospital for like a month I was just out of the hospital for a month and then they gave me a job as a, a behavior therapist and I'm gonna go to training actually it starts tomorrow and um, it's a two-week training where we learn a lot about being a behavior therapist and then we register we have to take a test that registers us to be um, a registered behavior therapist. So right now I'm just a behavior therapist with hopes of becoming registered, which is really cool. And these, all my clients are kids with autism and they're from ages like 18 months to like seven years old. So like a variety of students and we work one-on-one with these kids. So like, it's just me and a kid for however long, maybe two hours and then they go outside or they do whatever they got to do to meet their next um, their next um, teacher or like um, person who's going to help them with their with their behavior and behavior is not necessarily like a bad thing. Like, oh, my God, they throw tantrums because some kids do, you know, um, or maybe they can't point or they can't talk. And I understand all it is because this literally was just me. And uh, basically taking the skills that I learned and helping these kids and so like I said I'm obsessed with podcasts so I listen to a lot of podcasts and there was one that I found that was about ABA services and uh, she was an in-home ABA applied behavior analyst and they go in and uh, they help you you as a parent like get your kids on track like showing them pictures giving them choices giving them options and when i worked at a private the private pre-k there was a student who definitely had special needs that i was helping her get back on track so um i don't know like i mentioned those things in my interview and i think they really enjoyed them and so so much so that they gave me this opportunity and that's god i can't even believe it but that was part of my um My plan. So because of this job, um, I'll have enough money to move out, okay? And I can't wait to just like live on my own again because that's what I know, it's what I'm used to. And uh because of my illness, I was able to expedite my petition. So hopefully the Visa Center like helps us with that too. But there are so many things that like God took over because i learned and i'm still learning like how to let go and let god do things so i just wanted to end it with something positive and cool and uh i'm just really grateful and really glad that this happened for me and uh i'm just hoping that like my love and faith in god like continues and that i can be like all that i can be in the army no i'm just kidding but uh i just thank you for listening and uh I'll see you next time on Summaries with Chalk.